Hello, this is Luminous Star and welcome to the channel. Everyone who's a current subscriber, mwah, thank you so much for being my star and thank you for your subscription. Today's video, when a narcissist tells you never to change, it's not a compliment. Please like and or share the video. Check the description box below. If you are visiting for the first time, welcome to Luminous Star and why don't you become a part of the Star family by scrolling down and finding that subscription button and selecting it. This way, again, you will become a part of the Star family. Don't forget to check the notification and click on the bell notification. That way, every video that comes out, you'll be the first to know. All right, first point. There are many cluster B personalities and narcissists who are by nature predatory as well as seemingly to bully others very often. The source supply is life and death to him or her. Unfortunately, there are those who are involved with narcissists who are unconscious to the adverse effects of investing in dysfunctional relationships with him or her. Unfortunately, those who are on the receiving end of being bullied, there can be adverse effects such as trauma. It, sometimes this pain runs very deep. Some people understand this and some people do not. Usually the people who do not understand are the people who more than likely have not experienced being in a dysfunctional relationship with a narcissist and or cluster B personality. Next point. Narcissists are notorious for using diabolical tactics in order to obtain source supply by any means necessary. Those who are in relationships with cluster B personalities and narcissists are to a certain extent in denial about the level of toxicity he or she is being exposed to. The adverse effects due to the diabolical tactics of narcissists and cluster B personalities are not to be underestimated because the narcissist and cluster B personality by any means necessary, they will obtain that source supply. Usually they like to go through a lot of people to obtain the source supply. Their false self-image is what they're loyal to. The false self-image can be anywhere from being a saint, a martyr, or a victim who has been done wrongly by other people. Those who are in relationships with custom personalities and narcissists, to a certain extent, they can be in denial about the toxicity that they are being exposed to. There are some people who are in denial about the toxicity that he or she is being exposed to by being in a relationship with a narcissist or a cluster of personality. And there are several reasons for this. I'll give you one. They have the rose colored glasses on. Matter of fact, I'll give you two. It's because they are idealizing the narcissist and or the relationship with him or her. Okay, so these are just a couple of reasons why people can sometimes remain in a sunken place due to being in denial about the level of toxicity he or she is being exposed to in a dysfunctional relationship with a narcissist and cluster B personality. Diabolical tactics of narcissists. Deception, manipulation, gaslight technique, smear campaign, triangulation, sexual perversion, financial misuse, and cyber stalking. Let's move on. The predatory nature of narcissists has a love for the sport of hunting for targeted prey. Those who behave codependently may or may not be aware of certain signals that he or she are sending out, which tells the narcissist that they are primed for source supply. 
When a narcissist tells a person not to ever change, it's a warning, not a compliment. So let's think about this for a minute. When the cluster B personality and the narcissist pays a person uh, some sort of compliment, first of all, it behooves the person to not believe it. Okay, because the narcissist and the cluster B personality has a predatory nature. So they are hunting targeted prey for sport, which means when they set out their traps and when they set out the pitfalls for him or her, they will do and or say anything in order to get the targeted prey to be ensnared or entrapped or caught. So when the narcissist pays a person a compliment, it's almost like they're baiting them and they're setting them up only to pull the rug out from up under him or her, only to make them fall or meet a certain demise, okay? So really, the narcissist and cluster personality, it behooves a person that whenever he or she pays them a compliment to beware and don't believe it. The narcissist and cluster personality is only loyal to their false self-image. Those who behave codependently may not be aware of the signals that they're sending out, which tells the narcissist that they are primed for source supply, which means the narcissist is salivating at this point. And they are thinking of all types of ways to ensnare that person, which means they can pay them all types of compliments and not mean one word. The narcissist may not wish for others to change who do not pose as any threat or challenge to their false self-image. More than likely, signals have already been detected by the narcissist that you are prime for source supply. However, you can still save yourself from further harm. Your advantage is that the narcissist is possibly convinced that he or she has you right where they want you in order to obtain source supply. So the narcissist may think that they have you right where they want you in order to obtain the source supply. But again, that's your advantage, especially if you can see that he or she is being deceptive, manipulative, and they are practicing all types of manner of evil in order to get the source supply. So a person has to be quite intuitive and also they have to trust their own instincts in order to make sure that they have the advantage so when the narcissist begins to pull shenanigans, he or she is not fooled at all. Even if the narcissist thinks that the person is primed for source supply. So when they give off a particular signal and the narcissist has detected those signals and they have determined that they are primed for source supply, they will try to ensnare that person. So before it's all said and done, that person who is the targeted prey, they may be subjected to certain shenanigans of the narcissist, okay? And this may or may not cause him or her emotional stress or trauma. However, it behooves a person to be very aware of the signals that they're putting out because the narcissist and the cousin personality, they are watching, okay? So because some narcissists and some cluster personalities, they will sit and they will watch a person for a long time before they make their first move. It sounds kind of scary, but when some of you think about it, either you have gone through this before or you know someone who has. When the narcissist and cluster personality thinks that they have you where they want you, 
This is when the mask may slip off once they find out that you were too smart for him or her to go for the shenanigan. Because you have to remember, they think they have you where they want you. And once they find out they don't, this is when the mask can slip off. Let's move forward. Signals that alert narcissists. Signal number one, high achievers. These are the non-pathological narcissism. Okay, this is non-pathological narcissism. So this is a person who is not self-absorbed. Okay, they go out and they achieve highly, but they don't do it in a very or a, an extreme selfish this, manner. These high achievers are people who have some self-confidence and they have a higher self-esteem. They're not pathological narcissists. Second signal, cluster C personality disorder. Cluster C personality is, disorder is a person who suffers from anxiety. They may have an avoidant personality. They may be very dependent or overly dependent upon others. And they can have an obsessive compulsive disorder. Next signal, eager to please others. They're self-sacrificing. Next, high tolerance for being mistreated. The narcissist and cultural personality, they really look for that in people, even if they are high achievers. A person can look very good on paper. However, behind closed doors, they may have some major insecurities that stem from their childhood. There are a lot of people on this planet who may have money, they may have prestige, they may be the pillar in their community, but when you shave back the layers, or when you look at them behind closed doors, it's almost a night and day contrast. Sometimes some people have found this out about certain people in their community, and they couldn't believe it was the same person. Case in point, a person who has been arrested for raping someone. They have been convicted for raping someone. Yet, when you look at them on paper, they look almost perfect. They were a pillar of their communities, they went to church, they had great paying jobs, like six figure or better, right? They had a great career, they have a college degree, they may even have a master's, so on and so forth. However, they've been arrested for raping someone or maybe even murdering someone. We've all heard the stories. So a person who is a high achiever does not necessarily mean that he or she doesn't have major insecurities or problems behind the scenes that the narcissist will use against him or her. Identity crisis, isolated, traumatized. A person who's already been traumatized is a person that a narcissist likes to sink his or her teeth into. It sounds disgusting, but usually it's very often the case. A person has already been broken down a little bit by being traumatized. So the narcissist and closing personality, they don't have to work as hard to tip them over the edge. A person who has a low self-esteem, a person who lacks personal boundaries. This person doesn't know how to assert him or herself. Or they usually, um, they usually uh, handle challenges uh, in a passive manner. 
they don't defend themselves. They don't usually speak up for themselves when they're being done wrong. The narcissist and cluster personality loves to sink his or her teeth into people like that. So a person who lacks personal boundaries is a person who does not have a strong defense. And they usually have a weak sense of self. And sometimes, like I stated before, they have an identity crisis. They really don't know who they are. Yet, they can look very good on paper. They can have college degrees. They can have a great career. Okay? They can be the pillar of their community. And some people mistakenly think that a person who looks great on paper must be a person in private life who has it all together. And I'm here to tell you, that's not always the case. Okay? All right, let's move forward. Tool number one. Practice personal boundaries, assertion, emotional discipline, and self-preservation in order to obtain more confidence in yourself, raising your self-esteem. Okay, so when you practice personal boundaries, assertion, emotional discipline, and self-preservation, not only is this a narcissist repellent, but it's also another way of practicing mindfulness, which means you can balance what you think with what you feel. That way, you're not off balance. The narcissist and cluster personality, when they see that you're off balance, they know that they can push your buttons and more than likely, you're going to become reactionary, which means it's feeding time for him or her. Narcissist and cluster personality, they cannot tap into the energy field of someone who has the narcissist repellent, which is practicing mindfulness. Pay more attention to what you like, respect, love, and admire about yourself rather than waiting for others like the narcissist to point out your appealing characteristics. There is never a clear bottom line with the narcissist. Therefore, one doesn't really know where one stands with him or her. The word of a narcissist is not reliable due to his or her lack of trustworthiness. Okay, so they're not trustworthy. The narcissist and closely personality is someone who has a lot of shenanigans that they love to pull. And they do this because they have to manipulate others in order to be around him or her long enough so they can obtain the source supply. So a person that is around the narcissist and closely personality, it pays him or her very well to go ahead and like, respect, and love, and admire themselves, but in a very healthy way or from a healthy place or a balanced place. Meaning, you're able to love, respect, and admire, and like yourself, and at the same time be open to sharing that with others and finding that out about others. What is it you like about certain people? What is it that you respect about them? What do you love, or do you love anyone else? What do you admire about other people? See, there's a balance. You can save some for yourself. It's a balancing act. And it's very much the game changer. With the narcissist and cluster B personality, there's never really a clear bottom line. A person really does not know where they stand with the narcissist. The narcissist and cluster B personality, they love to keep people off balance because it supplies him or her. They're all about the chaos. They're all about the drama. So when you really think about it, the narcissist and cluster B personality, they're never going to tell you how they really feel about you. They're really not going to tell you where you stand with him or her because they don't care about connecting with anyone else. All they care about is the false self-image. Let's move on. 
Remember that narcissists tend to use being nice as manipulation in order to obtain source supply. When you are paid a compliment by a narcissist, beware. Consider yourself warned when compliments are coming from narcissists. The bait and switch may soon follow. Compliments by narcissists may be rendered, but their curses may become the consequence later. Okay, so the compliments may come now from a narcissist, but later down the line, you may pay the consequences for believing their compliments. They believe the narcissist when they were told by the narcissist that they were loved. They believe the narcissist when they were told that they can be trusted, only to find out later that neither of these things were true. So yes, the compliments may be rendered, but the curses may become the consequences later. Narcissists and cluster personalities will attempt to curse people. And I don't mean just using foul language and profanity. See, they curse people by calling them names such as stupid, lazy, or whatever else that is very unfavorable, okay, or unpleasant. They care to assassinate. That's another way that they attempt to curse people. So when a person believes that the narcissist loves him or her, respects him or her because they said so, the curses may soon follow as a consequence because they believe it's just them. another way of pointing out how the narcissist and cluster personality, they love bomb and then they discard and devalue. Let's move forward. References and resources. Please scroll down and look at the references and resources in the description I box. I certainly hope that, especially my stars, are doing their research on narcissism and cluster B personalities because this is something, again, that can bring awareness about narcissistic abuse. So please take a little time out and go through the references and resources. I want to thank everybody for joining me today or tonight. Wherever you may be, of course, I wish you the very best. I'm Luminous Star, and please stay tuned for more vlogs and stay tuned for more videos. Hi YouTube, Luminous Star here. Welcome to my channel, Luminous Star. In today's video, I'm going to be talking about communication styles of narcissists. Okay, now this is really talking about effective communication, right? Even in the best of relationships, the communication can be kind of poor. However, when we're talking about toxic relationship with narcissists, it is uh, pretty much impossible to have effective communication, right? Okay, here we go. At the end of the video, please hit the like and or subscription and also send me comments and questions. All questions, please send that to my email address, which is featured in the about section of my channel. So go to about, click on that, and you will find my email address. Okay, here we go. All right, I'm going to be giving three points, three tools, and three examples in this video. Here we go. <laughs> I promise this time. Point number one, effective communication. What is that exactly? That's when you're in conversation with someone or several people and you're fully present in the conversation. 
You're fully present. You're not on your phone. You know, you're not looking all around. Even when there's not a lot of people around, you're not looking all around. That's quite annoying. <laughs> and we've all gone through that at least once in our lives, right? When we're having a conversation with somebody and there's not really not a lot of people around, but they tend to be looking all over the place instead of having eye contact with you. <laughs> Quite annoying. But anyway, even though that's annoying, this is something that narcissists absolutely do intentionally. And that is to stir the pot and annoy. Okay. They, because they get supply from doing that because they're looking for the reaction. Remember I said that in several of my videos, this is one of the things that narcissists like to do. They like to stir the pot to try to get you to react instead of respond because they get supply from that. So when it comes to communication and the lack thereof, narcissists are notorious for not communicating very well in all of their relationships. And they do this seemingly on purpose. But effective communication is when you are fully present in the conversation, no matter how many people there are, you're fully present, you're engaged, you're, you know, if someone asks you a question, even if you don't know the answer, you'll say, okay, well, I don't know. Or if you know the answer, of course, you're going to answer it. Now, you're also flipping that around. If somebody says something and you don't quite understand, you'll ask the question because you want to understand where they're coming from. Effective communication, one of the purposes of that is not only to strengthen a relationship, but to make sure that everybody is on the same page, not necessarily agreeing with one another to be on the same page. I hope that makes sense. You know, in other words, somebody can have um, a different point of view and you're okay with it. You're still on the same page. They just have this, they have a different point of view than you do. The fact that you're on the same page means that you agree to disagree. That's what being on the same page is about. It doesn't necessarily mean you're going to have the same point of view as someone else just because you're on the same page. Okay. I hope that makes sense. <laughs> it took me a little while to practice that, but as soon as I was okay with various points of views that weren't, you know, the same point of view that I had, I was cool with that. I'm like, okay, that person has every right to see it how they do. And I have every right to see it as I do. However, now, now we'll get into the good part. That was point number one, what effective communication is. Point number two, when it comes to narcissists, they tend to do the opposite. They do, they do not see, they don't see anyone else's point of view. You know why? Because they don't want to. <laughs> they don't want to because what they say is law, what they say is gospel, and let's face it, they're God. Okay, according to the narcissists, they're God in their mind. And their perception of themselves is that there's everyone else down here and who's inferior and they are superior. Okay. Now, narcissists, they don't tend to see anyone else's point of view in a conversation. Not only that, they're not fully present in the conversation. They're not very interested in who you are, what you think and how you live and how you feel. <laughs> they don't really care about that, right? They're not interested in connecting with you on a verbal level or an emotional level. They're not interested even on a spiritual level to, uh, you know, feel you and vibe with you. Narcissists don't do that. Um, they're not interested in intimacy or the connection. So effective communication, you have to have that in order to have intimacy. 
You have to have that in order for there to be a connection. However, narcissists, they go against that. Anything that would have very little to no communication is very good for the narcissist. They are not interested in connecting with anyone. So if you communicate effectively, what does that involve? That also involves you opening yourself up, not only to know others, but to be known. That's something that terrifies narcissists. They don't want to be known. They don't want to be found out. All the BS that they, you know, they dish out. They don't want you to know about that. You, yeah, you feel it and you know something's not quite right in the relationship. However, the narcissist does not want you to find out how false they really are. They're not trying to have you find out, you know, who they really are and what they're about because they'll blow their cover. Anyway, point number three, narcissists, when it comes to communication, how do they usually do it? There's a lot of sarcasm and they usually tend to cut people off in mid-sentence sometimes. You can be speaking and they will cut you right off. And this is also something that narcissists are notorious for. They don't let you finish your sentences. If you have a, a thought and you want to express it, the narcissist is going to see to it that you're not, you're, you're going to be interrupted. They will speak over you. They will talk over top of you and they will raise their voices. And there's tending to be a lot of sarcasm in their language. Narcissists are notorious for this. And when it comes to supervisors who are narcissists, they do this a lot. Um, they speak over top of you, and if you have a thought, they will interrupt you repeatedly. And this is very annoying, but this is the communication style of narcissists, is to interrupt, is to make sure that they will subtly, you know, in, or in a subtle way, they will, um, they will not only interrupt you, but they will also insult you. You know, they may say something in a joking manner, and you feel insulted and you kind of think <clears throat> and you second guess yourself <clears throat> so the narcissist this is what they aim to do to get you to second guess yourself and not to really realize that they just insulted you and you're more than likely not going to defend yourself because you question whether you were insulted or not now a lot of narcissists again they are notorious for that type of communication style. style, They will say something to insult you and they will try to gloss it over and you know, like they're, they were joking, right? But we all know that narcissists, who, those of us who have been dealing with them for a long time, we know that they are insulting us, but in a subtle way. So these are some of the communication styles of a narcissist. I hope you guys enjoyed this video and at the end of it, please hit the like and or subscription button and go ahead for the tools, check it out in the description box, okay? Those are going to be the tools for this video in the description box. Thank you so much for watching. Stay tuned for more. Hi, I'm Luminous Star. Welcome to the channel. Mwah, mwah, my stars, I certainly hope you're doing well today or tonight, wherever you may be. Also, can't leave out the new subscribers. Thank you, stars, for becoming a part of our community, and welcome to the Luminous Star family.
there's a lot in a name, so they say. So when a narcissistic mom calls her children by their names, especially when she's doing something to harm them, that's a lot of energy right there. Okay, so this can create some bad memories. Our bodies remember everything that happens, even the, the good or the bad, right? So later down the line in life, you may have a flashback about something that your mama said and at the same time, she may have been spanking your bottom. I'll put it nicely. She was spanking your bottom, but then, you know, you go back to that moment. You ever wonder why? More than likely because your body remembers, but not only that, it was something she said. The energy behind her words, the tone. If she was calling your name out while she was spanking your bottom, that is something that would be considered a bad memory. But a lot of us don't think about, and this is understandable, and I didn't for a long time, but a lot of the times when the narcissist and customer personality type calls your name, they're actually hurting you in your name. Ever wonder why some people say in the name of, and they're doing something, and they're saying something? Well, that's because it's like a contract. It binds. So this is where trauma bonding comes in sometimes. This is where a toxic tie comes in sometimes. When we're dealing with narcissists and cluster personality types, whether they're our parents, grandparents, spouses, lovers, you know, even our friends, even it can be a, a boss or a coworker. But the bottom line is this, when we think about doing and or saying something in a name, it could be your name or someone else's name, that's like a contract, it's binding. Okay, so whenever we think about when a narcissist insults us, they may say our they may say our name first, and then they are insulting us. That's like a contract; it's binding. It's a toxic tie. Energetically, it makes it more potent. Narcissistic mothers, narcissistic fathers, narcissistic family can actually use your name against you. Whenever we think about something that the narcissist has said and or done. And if they called you by your name before they did it and or said it, again, this is another way that they're using your name against you for narcissistic supply. Of course, this is very subtle because it's not supposed to be something that's easily seen. See, a lot of narcissists and some cluster personality types, when they are treating us a particular way, it can be quite covert or it's done in secret. Then when this stuff is done in our name, right? When it's done in our name, it just makes that trauma bonding and toxic tie even more secret. This is often why a lot of us unconsciously will keep their dark, dirty secret. That is that they're mistreating us. But when it's done in our names, we may feel guilt and or shame about it. This is often why we don't talk about it. We don't tell anyone. So think about how some narcissists and some cluster personality types, uh, such as our moms. Some, some of us have moms who have cluster personality type. Some of us have grandparents, uh, parents, family members who have cluster personality types. Just think about when they call you by your name and they're also mistreating you. Just think about, just pull back and look at that big picture. They're actually doing something in your name that's harming you. Some cluster personality types and or narcissists, when they call, they're targeted by their names, they're actually 
harming them in their names, which makes that toxic tie more binding. It makes it more toxic. In other words, it's harder to get free from. That's another stronghold that pulls a person down into the sunken place. This is why a lot of us have a hard time getting past codependent narcissistic relationships. It's possible, but sometimes it can seem impossible because a lot of what was done to us was in our own name. So this is another way a cluster personality type and a narcissist can use something of yours against you. When you think about how they pull shenanigans, when you think about some of the diabolical tactics that cluster personality type or the narcissist will uh, engage in, you have to think about the things that they do. One of the things that they do is they will use a person's characteristics against him or her. That doesn't exclude their name. You ever heard of that saying, you want to keep your good name? Well, narcissists and cluster personality types, sometimes they will take your good name and they will murk it up. They will use it for their own benefit. Narcissists and cluster personality types, sometimes they will use your good name to make sure that their false self-images thrive and survive. So in other words, or translation, their false self-images tend to thrive and survive at the expense of your good name. The reason why I put that in quotes is because, you know, that's a saying. Some people say, well, I want to, you know, I have, a, I want to uphold my good name or I want to save my good name. You know, you've all heard, I think you've all heard of that particular phrase, my good name. Well, narcissists and some cluster personality types will use your so-called good name against you all for narcissistic supply. Watch out for when narcissists and cluster personality types tend to use your name, especially when they're speaking your name out in anger. And sometimes some narcissistic moms will not call their children by their name. Some cluster personality type moms have not even named their children. But, you know, it came from them. In other words, they got the name from the father or they got the name from the grandfather or grandmother. Someone else in the family suggested to the narcissistic mom to name her child that name, and she does. But out of resentment she may, or out of um, a defiance or maybe out of rebellion or maybe resistance, she will nickname her child. A narcissistic mom may have some things that she's holding on to inside and she may project that onto her children. So she may not even call her children by the name that they were born with. This is another way narcissists can use your good name against you for narcissistic supply. Tool number one, embrace your identity okay now some people will have a, will have a hard time with this and i understand that because some of us who have grown up in narcissistic families we may not really know who we are because we were groomed to self-sacrifice we were groomed to please everyone else therefore enmeshment can occur so you may not be clear as to who you really are but i want to encourage you to take the steps to do that today. One of the ways you can do that is to journal. Another way is to take a tape recorder and speak on it. Okay? Speak what's going on inside of you. It's for you. When you think about it, your life is being recorded anyway. From the time that you're born, from the moment that you're born, until the moment that you pass on, your life is being recorded. So take your personal power back 
exercise your personal power by identifying or embracing your own identity. Find out who you are. You do have values. You do have principles. You do have uh, a good character. You have plenty of good characteristics. You have a good name. Use it. Preserve your good name by embracing your own identity. Take the steps to learn who, about who you are. Narcissists and cluster personality types, they have to make up a false identity in order to tolerate you long enough to obtain the narcissistic supply from you. Tool number two, practice personal boundaries. That's another way to keep your good name in standing, okay? Because when you're practicing personal boundaries, that means you are defending who you are. You're defending your essence without actually being on the defense. You're not trying to, you know, you're not trying to insult anyone. I'm not saying you should walk on eggshells for the narcissist or the cluster personality type, which a lot of us end up doing anyway. But the bottom line is when you are preserving your good name, you want to go ahead and put this into practice because this way it will boost your confidence. It will, it will lift your self-esteem. It will increase your self-esteem. Okay, so you want to continue to thrive forward past codependent narcissistic relationships. Tool number three, build and work your support base. The support base is imperative because it will provide you a contrast. The contrast provides you three things, a peace of mind, balance, and harmony. This is something you can compare the rotten apple to the juicy orange. That is, the juicy orange are relationships that don't include narcissists and custom personality types. Those are the positive relationships. The negative relationships are the narcissists and custom personality types. So that's the rotten apple. Okay, so you wanna you want that contrast, you need it. This is something that helped me out. When I was having relationships with cluster personality types, I had the contrast. So, and otherwise, I was seeing cluster personality types everywhere. But that's not reality, that's not reflective of reality. There are a lot of people who have cluster personality types, but not everybody on the planet has cluster personality type types okay so we want that contrast i'm luminous star i certainly hope everyone has enjoyed this video please check the description box below post your comments and don't forget to like and or share today's video i hope you all are doing very well being good to yourself until next time stay tuned for vlogs and stay tuned for more videos Bye.